Yeah. John, I'll help you with that. Produce it, but I'm not listening to it. You got to edit it and everything. You got to do the Foley. I'll wet my pants. <laughs> that, I can't take 30 minutes of that. Welcome to the night. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. Hey, my name is Will, and joining me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hello, guys. How are you? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> hey, that's my line. Ho, ho, ho. You, oh, yeah. you stole my thunder. Hey, guys. We have too much fun before we actually turn on the mics and record, I think. It's kind of so silly. That's the problem. Far too much fun. Hey, we are coming to you live right now, recording this episode on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. if you want to join us next time, please do so, because we are going to be chatting uh, live during our, our show here with the folks here in our audience uh, via their comments on, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. and speaking of that, let's say hello to some folks that are here now. And if you don't say hi, we don't mm-hmm. know you're here, by the way, That's right. right? because it doesn't tell us who's here. So we just, you know, anyway, hello, Miss So. Hey, Karen. Hey, Nick. Hey, Marcus. Hey, I know. Hey, Owl. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's everybody that said hello. Yes. We will try to keep on top of that. No, Marcus. <laughs> I didn't forget to hit a button. That's not what happened. <laughs> he intentionally didn't hit the button. That's exactly that. Now that is true. But I was, was I, I thought the software right? might do so. Ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, on today's show, by the way, we're not going to be talking about this. Instead, we're going to be talking about all the different holiday traditions that we shared with our family, our friends. Uh, during our youths, unless mm-hmm. you guys didn't have any, like some, many of the times that, you know, what hmm. we do, the folks, John, Cat, John, and myself, Cat, John, and myself. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the three of us. Yeah, that's yeah, I, that's yeah, the right. three of us. I almost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost thought I said my name. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Uh, we don't, you know, look, we have, <laughs> sometimes we don't share everything with each other so that we can do it on the show. Right. And that's right. We save it mm-hmm. for the show. And as a result, though, I could literally say to you, hey, what kind of holiday traditions do you guys have when you were younger? And you'd say, we didn't celebrate. <laughs> kind of like last Surprise! week. Surprise! <laughs> kind of like last week when we found out that uh, Kat didn't get the wish book. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we did a whole episode about the wish book only to find out in the 11th hour, yeah. the what book again? Yeah. <laughs> The kindling. It was kindling. Uh, yeah, that was, that was straight to the outhouse. I never saw that. John, if it turned out you also didn't receive it, Mm-hmm. It would have been it would have been a shorter episode for one, <laughs> much shorter episode. <laughs> also, only I'd, I'd be the only one speaking, I guess. Hey, before we do that, though, we're going to be uh, like a regular show. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So I, I'm exhausted at the end. Eventually, you guys are going to pull your weight. Hey, uh, before uh, before we do that, though, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including a super documentary that is landing in January. Uh, we have the technology. The Six billion dollar man may still be plugged in. Uh, KRS One tells the Grammys that they are all just wick wick whack. And uh, we've got some uh, updates regarding the forthcoming Ghostbusters. Well, I should say some images regarding the upcoming mm-hmm, Ghostbusters mm-hmm. sequel, Frozen Empire. And not only did we get a picture from a that's a, from, from an upcoming uh, piece that Empire Magazine is doing, but mm-hmm. just before we came on recorded today. Three posters mm-hmm. for the movie yes. were revealed. And I think I've figured out something about these posters. 
that may be very clever about them, or maybe Me I'm too. just reading something so into it. Oh, you did too. We'll, All right, cool. We'll compare oh. notes. We'll, we'll compare notes. Very good. And you know what? I'd be surprised if we both came up with the same thing. I mean- Me too. We're often yeah. on the same wavelength, but mine has to do with, huh? Well, we'll see. We'll just compare notes with mine. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But before that- But before that, a quick <laughs> announcement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, let's- <laughs> Quick announcement. We're taking January off. Did I tell you guys that? I didn't tell you guys All that, of right? January? No. Yeah, we did that Speaking last- Speaking of week. just finding things out in the we show. Did that in <laughs> we did that last January too. Yeah, I, I guess we did. Yeah. I, huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And okay. last, if you remember last uh, January, it was this opportunity where, you know, uh, to get episodes prepared. It wound up being a time where I recorded, yes. I don't know, like four or five mm-hmm. different interviews. And then we yeah, unrolled yeah. them you okay. know, or-, or premiered them as the, as time went on after that. But, um, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to focus mm-hmm. so much on interviews, but, uh, going to get together with Marcus and mm. talk about, uh, and certainly brainstorm with you guys about different topics that we want to cover and then get some stuff together ahead of time. So that by the time we come back in February, mm. qual- this time, look guys, I've said this every year, I know, but this year I mean it quality shows from here on out. <laughs> Okay. Well, we delivered on that. We delivered. Oh, wait, not from here yeah. on out. I mean, when we start in 2024. So it's a oh, no, not including this show. Not, yeah. not including. What's going to happen like mid-January when I'm having Will and Cat withdrawal? Though we can continue to meet and talk like we do like this. We just won't publish yeah. it or record it or meet <laughs> or be here. Just turn on the camera and go to dinner. Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, Mark joined us and Brandon Eat joined us together. Hey yeah, they did. All right, so yeah, so we'll be back in in February, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I think the expression goes. Maybe I'll finally get an episode together. (laughs) I mean, that'd be great. (laughs) The thing Uh is, look, I shake my head only because I wouldn't set myself up for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's something you propose off the mic. Or or after you've actually done it, and then you'd be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, kind of like Scotty on Star Trek. <laughs> Lost reference on me. You don't know who Scotty is on Star Trek? Well, no, I know who Scotty is. Mm-hmm. But okay. All right. I, I didn't okay. understand the context yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. All right. We, we won't. Okay. All right. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's not in the news, but let's see what is. Hey, let's get caught up on <laughs> 1980s news. Well, we should do an episode yeah. where all our news is just stuff we want Kat to learn about. <laughs> what? Isn't that every episode? Isn't That's that almost episode? what we already do, isn't That's it? What it That's I was waiting for that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, I'm thinking about how, how is that different? Yeah, how exactly? would that be more like that? <sighs> Hey, uh, this week in 1980s news, as reported by the Aspiring Kryptonian. All right, this website's already got my attention just because of its name. Aspiring Kryptonian. Yeah. And the new story is that Superman... Written Super Slash Man. Superman, the Christopher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reeve story, will premiere at Sundance in January. Uh-huh. Now, I had had no idea this was even a thing in the works, but uh, it sounds uh, very cool and certainly got, got me excited about this. Uh, within the lineup of, for, for the 2024 Sundance Film Festival is a documentary which delves into the life and legacy of the legendary actor Christopher Reeve. The documentary is directed and produced by, all right, here we go, Ian Bonhot. Hot, on hot, <laughs> directed and screenwritten by Peter. Oh boy, it it tig it tig it I'm just going to pronounce them all in a European way. Ian, just say Bonhaut. them in a French sort of yeah. way. Yeah. Directed and screenwritten by Peter Etagui, and produced, produced by, by Bond villains Lizzie Gillette. 
and Robert Ford. <laughs> that last one might be Robert Ford. Might, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they yes. say, according to the official documentation, that the documentary is moving backward and forward in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the filmmakers weave together a dual narrative exploring the life-changing impact of two pivotal moments in Christopher Reeve's career, being cast in 1978's Superman and becoming mm-hmm. paralyzed in 1995. Uh, decades before superheroes took over the cinemas, Reeve made the world believe a man could fly. If you remember, that was the tagline for the film. Right? Yeah, you will believe. You will. Uh, and his accident brought about uh, brought worldwide awareness of disability. Mm-hmm, Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. According to this, the film features, quote, never before seen home movies and extraordinary personal archives, end quote. Uh, the result is he, what we're led to believe is he will be a deeply moving uh, film mm-hmm. uh, about the man behind uh, the uh, superhero. On board. I love him. Yeah, me too. I think about how moving the uh, the uh, the Michael J. Fox piece was. Oh, yes. And uh, I'm like, yes. if it's anything like that, just bring my bring my hanky. Yes. <laughs> you guys are probably tired of me telling these stories about Christopher Reeve. Oh, but I will say it one more so. time, just for the audience here. I think um, I know what's coming. Th- this is particular. Look, just to even thinking about his story here is is very. I don't want to say upsetting, but it's definitely emotional for me because of, for on so many for so many reasons. But I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I've shared these stories in different ways before. But Superman, the film for me in 1978, was so important and meaningful to me mm-hmm. because it made me believe that I could be a superhero. Maybe, yeah. Uh, you know that aspect yeah. of mm-hmm. you would believe a man could fly. I also believe that you know. You know, people could, and that, and even watching 66 Batman, this idea that, you know, other mm-hmm. that people could step into these roles. And I shared with you guys before, as a result, I modified my uh, sister's uh, dance leotard from, uh, <laughs> she was like a parakeet. <laughs> I created my own superhero and wore those tights, you know, under my clothes uh, from that. Yep. That's when we learned John did something similar too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's right. Um, so you're not alone. But it was after, it was only a couple years later where I saw Christopher Reeve then in, I want to say Death Trap, which was like 80 or 81. And even as a mm-hmm. young kid, I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old at the time. It was like, you know, so I was moving out of that age of believing in superheroes and sort of worshiping him that way. Mm-hmm. And now becoming more interested in cinema and found out, wait a second, this guy was <laughs> Superman and now he's this other right. actor. Like, what? this is amazing to me, you know, that you could, Right, right. Uh, and so uh, in, in part that was, you know, what led me in on my path. And then see, I had a similar experience with Harrison Ford. I was a dumb kid, apparently that didn't realize that actors in movies were fake or characters. Well, you have to learn that at some point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's yes. funny. And, and actually it's, I think you're lucky to have been able to not had your disbelief tarnished for so long. You were able to enjoy it. Maybe, you know, arguably longer than some kids do. Maybe some people, you know, learn at different times the concept of what an actor is in a production versus just there's a guy on screen that must be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like a you know it's like it's like Santa Claus, right? It's like the mm-hmm. longer it you is. can you can yeah. suspend any sort of disbelief and understand what it is to enjoy that thing without mm-hmm. the baggage of oh well someone said action and someone did an edit some all that is unnecessary and now I can't not watch a movie without thinking about that crap. But yep. before you knew about it, you could just enjoy it for what it was. So lucky you. Yeah. And, and you know, and uh, I felt lucky in the sense that my interest changed in the way they did, because then I just became, you know, really interested in behind the scenes and how these things mm-hmm. were made. And that brought me joy in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, but I credit these these experiences with wanting to pursue acting later in my, my life. And it was at that mm-hmm. point, is this getting boring? You guys just tell me to stop, right? I'll stop. 
I'm no, hmm. I I'm nope. I'm still awake. That's oh, Brandon school. says oh, he lives. Oh yeah, I think Brandon, we knew this, right? We knew this about Brandon. Yes. I think he lives Metropolis. in Metropolis, Illinois. Mm-hmm. The official and home. Says it's hitting home for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, big statue of him. Yeah. They have in the town. That's oh, so cool. And Karen says she loves the noises off. I love that too. Yeah, such a great cast. Uh, Christopher Reeve, John Ritter, Michael Caine. Carol mm-hmm. Burnett, Mar- yeah, Mary Lou Henner, so on and so forth. Yeah. I don't know that mm-hmm. one. Oh, Noises gosh. Off. It's actually a play. Yeah. It was originally a play, uh-huh. and then it was adapted huh. to a film. Yep. It, I love John Ritter, so that's... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, John, the premise is in the theater, when they had it in Broadway, they'd show you the play, and the play was going wrong. It was going horribly wrong <laughs> at times, and you're not sure why. And mm-hmm. then it, it, during the you know, half, the, the intermission, the, play, the stage would rotate... And you'd see the uh-huh. backstage area of the actors, and now they do the play again. But now you see <laughs> what was happening backstage that caused all the caused all the errors on stage. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I think, in, I think in the film they do it at the same time, so you see backstage and front right. and on stage at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. anyway. But anyway, so mm-hmm. years after that, in the, in the in the early 1990s, when I was becoming an actor, one of my first gigs was acting at the New Jersey Shakespeare Festival. At least it was known then. Mm-hmm. And again. Just stop me, cat. If I go up too much, this is all this thing for me, right? Uh, oh, look, Miss Sosa says it's born. Stop, stop you. Yes, Miss She did say that. And, and just, just for kidding. some color, and look, I, t- I told the story again. It was there. It was t- it was ninety two or ninety three? I guess it was ninety three. Okay. And yep. at that same time, I had just gotten interested in reading comic books again because mm-hmm. they did this thing with my favorite comic book hero, a Superman in the oh, comics yes. to try to reinvigorate folks interest where they, they killed off his character. And, mm-hmm. you know, as far as we knew, he was, that's it. He was done. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I started reading that series again. I started reading mm-hmm. that series rather when it came, I, I read comics, you know, when I was a kid and then I, so I got back into it again. I was a young adult mm-hmm. and I am uh, <laughs> cast in a play and sitting there waiting as you do, a lot of it's waiting for your turn to go and rehearse a certain scene and you're waiting in the lobby of the theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting next to another actor who is uh, there, a woman, uh, who introduces herself as Dana. I'm in the play too. We start mm-hmm. chatting. Oh, great. Great to meet you. Do you like comic books? I felt like an idiot because, you know, she was easily five or six years older than I was. And so she seemed like a very sophisticated woman. And here I was still holding on to things I did as a child. <laughs> And uh, I said, "What? Well, no, I don't like. I love Superman. Oh, you love Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we did. Oh. The, you know, we kept rehearsing and everything. Anyway, that was Dana Reeve, Christopher Reeve's wife. Oh, she never let on. Christopher Reeve's wife. Now, <laughs> Dana and I would do a few plays together, and at some point, one of those plays, not that one, mm-hmm. um, Chris Reeve came to see it. He he would often come mm, to see her. Wow." But, um, Mm-hmm. And uh, during the last, he wasn't that interested. So he would be hanging around, and you know, <laughs> what'd you say? I said he wasn't that interested. No, that's it. That's the end of the story. He panned it. He was the only guy booing. It was quite strange. Boo! Get a cape. Boo! <laughs> get a cape. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? <laughs> so again, this sounds like just like a lot of name dropping, but this is really true. At the time I was in this theater, I was in this theater company with Peter Dinklage, who at the time was just Peter Dinklage. And now, as you know, this world-renowned uh, actor, Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Peter and I were reading the Superman comic together. We would go to the comic book store together. We would read it. You yes. know, all right. And yep. Peter had worked with, uh, he had been in a theater, uh, working in a theater company where Christopher Reeve had performed. And the word backstage, everybody that was spreading around was, don't bring up Superman to him. He doesn't like to talk about <laughs> oh. Superman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? Yeah, so 
<laughs> so now at this point, you know, uh, I'm reading this comic. I know it's Dana. I know it's Chris. All right. If I ever you run into, do not bring up, but that's all that's on my mind. That's for, all you can think. <laughs> you know? It's like, don't think of an elephant. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, at one point, one of the plays that I was in with Dana, I did had to do a lot of physical comedy. And um, <laughs> when I saw uh, Chris Reeve after that, I think during the cast party, uh, I wanted to tell him, you know, how big a fan I was, obviously. And because uh, I hadn't gotten to talk to him. I'd seen him around, but I hadn't gotten to talk to him. So I mm-hmm. got to do that. And he said, hey, you know, you did a great job in the show. Like I couldn't uh. do what you did. Uh. And this is what, this is what he said. And now it sounds terrible, but this is literally what he said, which, you know, sort of haunted me for a while, you know, a year after this or two years after this, he said, mm-hmm. if I were to do what you did, I would have broken my back. Uh. <laughs> and then it was just a year, uh. I think, or maybe two years. I did another show with her, I think in mm-hmm. 94 and he had his accident mm-hmm. in 95. Yeah. Now the wow. the super sad coda to this is that Dana passed away about ten years after that, mm-hmm. and she was only mm-hmm. forty four years old. Oh my gosh! She, she died of lung cancer. Huh. She never smoked a day in her life. But what she did do was she was an amazing singer and would sing cabaret at various clubs and bars that did oh, allow smoking. Right. So they oh. think that's that's how she got lung cancer was just working at these places. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Merry Christmas, one. everyone. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I got it. Let me see. Here, you got There's you a go. bunch of comments. There's a- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Lifelong debilitating injuries and lung yes. cancer. Yes. Uplifting, uplifting Christmas episode. <laughs> now, can I tell you one last coda to the coda? That just yeah. again. Oh, by all means. Of Don't course. stop now. So I told you I read this Death and Return of Superman because he actually does come back. And that was in 93. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't they always? 30 mm-hmm. years later, they, they brought back the writers of those comics, including Dan Jurgens and Brett Breeding, the writers and artists of the original comic series. Mm-hmm. And I raised my oldest on reading comics to them at night, including this series. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now my, my, my child's first uh, assistant editing credit was editing the DC comic Yes, wow. that's right. This anniversary so comic cool. that just came back. So, so, so cool. Full circle. Yeah. Yes. That's some kind of, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Closing uh, something. Mark said in the chat, Merry yeah. Christmas, old movie house. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a co-conspirator in the chat. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> uh, he can bring up any non-Christmas movie he wants. That's cool. Uh, I don't know. There you go. Let's see. Marcus Blast says, Reeves, Reeve was uh, wondering what the hell was up with the parrot. Leotard and towel. <laughs> yes, that'd be something if I still had it on, right? Mm. Oh yes. You there, there's call for, calls for air horns. We're sorely lacking in air oh, horns. Oh yeah, well, I think John noticed. was just being yeah. respectful, Aww. maybe. Right, no. I wanted to. <laughs> I, I don't step on the uh, the touching story. Right, right. <laughs> so everybody pauses. There we go. All right, moving on. Hey, another 19, <laughs> and less depressing 1980s. Look, I say all that, it, but it's really hard. I said it, you know, it's kind of still emotional for me, but it's very heartwarming mm-hmm. for me that they have this project and that I'll be, I'm really looking forward to be able to see mm-hmm. that next month. I am, yeah. yes, I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I, that's a yeah. must watch. There you go. Yes. yes. Um, and that'll probably be the last time I have an opportunity to tell those stories. So there you go. Okay. Now it's done. All right, Miss So. All right, here you go. Hey, another 1980s news. <laughs> According to Collider, uh, Mark Wahlberg is hopeful that the $6 billion man movie will happen. 
So now, now what we have to do now is hope it doesn't. Why? Well, are you a big fan of Mark Wahlberg? No, but I'm a big fan of the $6 million man. I am right. too. I am too. Ooh, but we have opposite reactions. Well, we have a, a do it and a don't do it. It's the Beetlejuice deal. It's like, okay. it's been so long since the IP has been touched. Sure. That my heart is wide open to a new interpretation. Sure. And I yeah. remember hearing that they were talking like it was going to be a comedy, which bothered me, uh. but- Lately, yeah. mm -hmm. people have learned that you can interweave comedy into a serious film. So mm -hmm. maybe that'll be enough. It just needs to not be, you know, slapstick goofiness because mm -hmm. I love that franchise. I love it. Mm -hmm. Owl says it will be like the Fall Guy movie. Bite your lip, oh. Owl. <laughs> I hope not, but that that's what... Look, uh, Ma Wahlberg, like right now. So let me, well, let me tell you this story. So, so since as early okay. as 2014, Wahlberg's been attached to lead an updated feature-length take mm -hmm. on the classic television series, yep. which ran on right. ABC from 73 to 78. But for one reason or another, the project has routinely failed to get off the ground. Things yep. seemed especially dire when Warner Brothers pulled uh, the film from its release schedule altogether in 2018, leaving the, its fate especially uncertain. Hmm. Now, uh, Wahlberg now is, uh, is done his best to explain the delays and reassure us that the film is still coming eventually, even if it still takes, you know, a few more ages to get out. Oh, maybe he can age out of it. That would be good. All right. See, right. Yeah. Just like it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be him. I think having him attached. Yeah. So Wahlberg is still a celebrity. He's still a star. Sure. But when he was first attached, he was on the beginning of that arc. Okay. And now it's been mm -hmm. a decade or so later. And now he's getting to be an older guy. Like, unless you're going to do, you know, the, the waning years of the $6 billion man, mm -hmm. get a younger guy. Uh, he could be Oscar. <laughs> Look, if you're that old, it's not uncommon to have parts replaced. Okay. It's not a big deal anymore. It's That's pretty common. Good. That's a good point. But for a yeah. young yeah. pilot. Yeah. The question, John, for us is, will it be better, faster, and stronger than the original? And I say, no. That's a no. When's the last time? Yeah. You watched an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man. Let's see. It went off the air in 1978. I'm going to say 1978. <laughs> I think I think you have rose-colored glasses about it. I go back and watch it regularly. Not like binging, but I'll go, yeah. let me watch an episode. Just pick one at random and mm -hmm. watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, it tries really hard to be Dallas, but really it's- <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't it's trying to be super this. overly dramatic about okay. stuff. Yeah. And it's- it, it, it falls short and the pacing is 70s television mm. pacing. Those yeah, should have been 30-minute yeah. episodes, really. Okay. <laughs> so I think a fresh look at it could be good. I'm not so married to it. I've looked at it recently. I'm like, it could, you could do something different and still be fun, I think. So mm. okay. I'm, I'm not so against it. I feel like the production process kind of matches the uh, the. You like the sound along with it. <laughs> There's something about the, it's taking so long. Even Maybe, though, yeah, yeah. except Kat, just, the right. slow motion was to imply that it was going quickly. I know. Right. So it's like opposite. Or, I, guess, I don't know yeah, what it is. Kind of it's, it's ringing some bell yeah. in my head. Yeah. It's definitely not faster. Yeah. Better, stronger, we'll see. It's not faster. It's way, way longer. I guess stronger in the sense that uh, Mark Wahlberg could probably outpress Lee Majors today. Mm. Uh, while promoting his uh, new action comedy, the Family Plan, which is uh, co-produced by Skydance, Wahlberg explained why he was especially optimistic about the future of Steve Austin. He said, you know what? I think there's finally hope for that to happen. And I think it's kind of actually a lot to do with this movie, Family Plan, because hopefully mm. Skydance will have the rights, if not fully buttoned up now, very soon. And we'll fast track that movie to get it made. So the production company okay. he's working with right now uh, is, is looking to acquire the rights for the, the uh, film. 
That'd be cool. Uh, mm-hmm. The latest creator to take the reins will be Skydance's CEO, David Ellison, who's known for producing the mega hit Top Gun Maverick. Okay, now we've got some hope here. Mm, promising. Okay. He also produced Wahlberg's current film and has been involved in a host of other action flicks, including Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, and Star Trek Into Darkness. All right, Star Trek Into Darkness. I wouldn't put that yeah. on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thinking about this, and I want folks that are in the chat here, their attention as well, because once again, it's time to play. In Philadelphia, it's worth 50 bucks. All right, now no <laughs> cheating on this, all right? I never yep. cheat. You can cheat if you want, but don't. It's not fun. Oh, there's no prize. Everyone. <laughs> oh. One dollar. In 1973, <laughs> when the film Ooh. came out, uh, the cost to uh, turn uh, Lee Majors' astronaut Steve Austin into a cyborg was $6 million, hence the uh, the uh, title of the TV show. Mm-hmm. The movie has now been updated to be called the $6 billion man. However, yeah, yes. it's a lot. that uh, price largely uh, surpasses, surpasses what yeah. the value of the $6 million would be. <laughs> In U.S. dollars today, adjusted for inflammation. Mm-hmm. Inflammation. Yeah. I always say inflammation. <laughs> now, well, post-surgery, yeah. there's going to be some joint replacement. All yeah. the bionics. Right. And it kind of works too, right? If you adjust for inflammation, like imagine money swelling up, maybe the value of it, and you got to kind of oh, yeah. control it, maybe take an Advil. All, all right, here we go, guys. Shirt. Closest without going over. What would be the worth of the six million dollar today in 2023 dollars? Hmm. Are we flipping a coin? <laughs> or a Madonna sure, disc? Madonna disc. Here we go. Cat, call it. Tails. It was heads. John, you go mm. first. Yeah. I always get to go first. It always works out that way. And folks in the <laughs> chat, you can play along because there's no prize. I was going to give away a prize, but I just don't have my act together. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, let's see. So the closest comparison that I have right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. working this through with you, Kat. So here's the thing. The comparison I have is that we were recently talking about the video game crash of 83, and games cost about $35. Okay. Uh-huh. And we were looking at what the value of those games would be today, and so those $30, $40 games can cost, like in modern money, it's like 120 bucks. So it's okay. almost four times. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, like mm-hmm. the game was 30, 40 bucks. It's like 120 bucks today. So that was mm-hmm. 83, which is even further than that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't go much beyond four-ish. That sounds like... Hmm. So I guess maybe I would say like 25 million, like just over four times, 25, 26 million. That's my guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. 25.5 million dollars. Got it. Wow. Locked in. Nice. What do you think, Cap? Very precise. I think... Um, uh, well, I always like John's logic. Um, but of course I can't imagine exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say... 25.6. <laughs> no, I'm going to go higher. I'm okay. going to go... Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go... Um, I'm going to say 35. All right. 35 says 35. All right. Yeah. In the chat, we've got yeah. Owl said 44 million. Brandon mm-hmm. says 28. Marcus says 128. No, Owl said 544. Oh. Oh, I thought <laughs> that was a dollar Half sign. Half a billion. Thanks, Kat. Yeah. I thought that was a dollar sign. No Thank problem. You. Mm. 544, Brandon 28, Marcus 128. Mm-hmm. Anybody guess this? John says uh, 2. Point, Karen, uh, Miss 25.5, and Kat, you said what, 35? Mark? Yeah, 35. Mm-hmm. 35 million. The correct oh. answer is $43 million. Oh, there you go, Kat. Congratulations, oh Kat. Wow. You were the closest. You even beat our folks in the chat there. There you go. I did. Yeah. I, my strategy right. seems to work. I, I just need to, to go... 
higher, but not too much higher. And the answer is always higher than what it gets. Just, just do what John does, but a little better. That's that's really, that's all you have to do. I need to go higher, well faster, stronger. Better, faster, stronger. higher, faster, stronger. What am I doing? <laughs> faster would have helped, Kat. That, that's true. I agree with, I agree oh. with that. You, that was wow. pretty good today. I, I got to remember for these things, I have to get a sound effect for John doing like calculations. Like, can it be like can it be like the calculator that you have to pull the lever yeah that's what i mean yeah that's it yes that's you a dot matrix printer and he prints out the results hey and other 1980s news as reported by vibe krs1 disses the grammy's hip-hop 50 tribute so if you haven't seen it the the grammy's uh produced this i think it was mm-hmm. pretty fantastic massive salute to hip-hop's 50th anniversary although uh folks that have wait what no no go ahead this story okay. aggravates me that's all right we'll get but there. some folks uh you know look it's received mixed reactions i, I you can't I, I don't know that you could uh say there was is anything bad about the quality of the presentation itself most issues happen to be with who was there versus who wasn't there I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so money, the crit- criticism was folks just noticing the absence of certain rap icons. Um, KRS-One, who did not participate in the show, recently explained the reasoning behind his decision to decline an invitation to take to the stage. Now, mm-hmm. I should note, the show opens with LL Cool J, who hosted it, saying, right. hey, we can't possibly put everybody in this show. So mm-hmm. a lot of people couldn't, you know, we couldn't invite. We still respect them, admire them. Thank you for all the work you did. I mean, the mm-hmm. thing would be days and days long. This is just not practical yep. for a CBS two hour right. or an hour and a half TV show. <laughs> but anyway, but that's not even, that's not even what KRS-One's issue is. That's what a lot of people's right. folk criticism is. Anyway, the, in, a, in an interview that's since disappeared from the internet, uh, the legendary rapper said, quote, with all due respect, LL, LL Cool J himself called me, spoke to my wife and pretty much begged me to be on the show, but we turned him down. And reason being is because I know people don't understand this. And I say this respectfully. KRS-One is a hip-hop extremist. I'm not violent. I'm a violent extremist. I'm insane with this culture. I know I must have lost my mind in this. End quote. Now, two things. One, he says, uh, I know people don't understand this. You're right. Chris, you're right. I have no idea right. what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Two, I think he was rhyming. So, oh. I'm not violent. I'm a violent extremist. I'm insane with this culture. I know I've lost my mind in this. I imagine mm-hmm. maybe, okay. the, you know, yeah. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, ultimately what it comes down to, because he, thank goodness he continues. Freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness he keeps going because the Boogie Down Productions co-founder points to the perceived exploitation or how he perceives that uh, hip hop's uh, being exploited uh, by the Grammys as being one of the factors that led to his adverse reaction to the uh, producers. Um, okay. Saying, quote, this place, this institution can never side with, come under, understand the exploitation of our culture. Never will you see me standing in the environment where our culture is being exploited. End quote. And I think he's talking mm-hmm. about the Grammys as an institution, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's the impression I got. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, in what way yeah. might he feel the Grammys is exploiting hip hop or hip hop well, culture? <laughs> well, I guess that they have this big production in the 50th year. And in final quote right. from KRS-One, he says- This is the part. This is the part <laughs> okay. that bothers me. He Go says- ahead. We know you're the Grammys and we understand that and we respect that, but you ignored hip hop for 49 years. At the 50th year, you want to call us. You couldn't even call us on 47 and gear up to 50. You wait to the 50th year to call hip hop's authentic teacher. He's referring to himself. Nah, you don't get that privilege, end quote. So they haven't been romancing him all this time, I guess. Or So the way that comes across to me is 
I always wish you would have given me a dollar and I keep hoping you'll give me a dollar. Okay. And then one day I go, hey, would you like a dollar? You're like, I'm not taking your dollar. You didn't give me one before. Well, right. I am now. <laughs> like, I'm trying to rectify that. I'm trying to start now. Now, yeah. it could be that there's not going to be a 51st <laughs> celebration, <laughs> right? In which case, maybe he's saying you only want to celebrate the big milestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We didn't do the 47th annual <laughs> hip hop celebration. It's the 50. It was a big deal. Yeah. And for the big deal, they contacted the big deals and you were one of them. Yeah. And you chose to decline and not participate because they didn't call you last uh, year. The only thing I could think based on synthesizing all of this is that he's okay. suggesting that they're calling him on the year or they're doing this celebration in the year yeah. that they think they can make yeah. money off of it. Okay. Couldn't have made money doing a 25th anniversary, let's say, maybe. Maybe that's his okay. issue. Let's skip to another big anniversary, the silver sure. one. So did he never cash this. a check for his art? <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, he made money yeah. off of his art. The yeah, Grammys not- are also for profit organization. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, and I take issue with it because, to your point, I don't know that they celebrate any particular genres, anything, over the decades. Uh, instead, they honor the musicians within these particular genres. And we have- you know, right. rappers win Grammys. That's okay. Yes. That's was my big question here. Like, wait a minute. Right. It's not like it was ignored, right? It just didn't have a big spectacle. It didn't have a focused single. Right. That you were going to get like a, like a, there wasn't like a special about hip hop, but hip hop is not yeah. ignored. It, no. Cause artists are recognized. And was there ever another time in Grammys where they picked a genre and did a, a super focus on it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's not, I didn't research it. No one did the techno, <laughs> techno's 40th anniversary where only Moby is on stage. <laughs> it's a very short concert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just comes across as he didn't want to do it. So he's looking for great reasons to say why he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he had beef with somebody that was there and he didn't want to, I don't know. Or would any time have been okay? That's what I'm questioning. Right. right. He what if they asked, called him on the 47th? It... He'd be like, you didn't call me on the 45th? Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> would he have the same argument? Yeah. Right. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah. So your point about money and making money off his art, the fact that he says exploitation, uh, my guess is none of these artists get paid. They probably, maybe they get a stipend, but probably they just get airfare mm-hmm. hotel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for him, it's like, well, you guys are making all this advertising buck and whatever you're paying us is not commensurate with that. So therefore it's exploitation. Have you seen the award show goodie bags though? Come on. Yeah, that's right. The swag stuff we all get. They're loaded with iPads <laughs> and vacations. And Invite me to the Grammys. I'll do a little freestyle. If it gives me a goodie bag, goodness gracious. <laughs> Please let this happen. Exploit me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miss Sosa says, you need, you guys need to check out the hip hop family tree comic series from years ago. Miss so I've got that collection upstairs actually. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. amazing. It's yep. really large, gigantic comics uh, that tell okay. the history of hip hop. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Huh. Anyway. It's according to this, like I said, he's not alone. There's apparently there's multiple rap legends who've taken issue with the various hip hop 50 celebrations over the past year. That, that makes even less sense to me. Uh, MC Hammer also declined to appear in the Grammys salute. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you get mm-hmm. a chance and you're a fan of hip hop, you should check it out though, because mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And even I think maybe the f- the first segment might be my favorite, which was uh, they called it Ladies First after the song Ladies First, which it featured yeah. all female artists and not a single dud in there from my perspective. Uh, <laughs> some of the other ones I was like, they did this like a geographic one where there was like down, they went down like this 
East Coast down the South kind of route. Oh, and okay. one after another, I was like, who? Who? <laughs> Until they got to Uncle Luke. And then finally I was like, okay. I was hoping they were working their way down to Florida. Uh, they're having trouble. Is there anybody from Connecticut? <laughs> we're looking for a North Carolina hip-hop artist. I think wisely they didn't go north of Atlanta. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got New York, obviously, but. Well, There's nothing yeah. worthwhile north of Atlanta anyway. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that. Now, I, I didn't watch this on CBS. I watched it on like uh, Paramount or something like that, you know, which okay. is because CBS is coming. They had a recording of it. And I think it's, so I'm assuming it was on TV. And when Uncle Luke, you know, and for folks who don't know, Uncle Luke is the, uh, you know, founder. He's the leader of the Two Live crew. Okay. Uh, producer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> the song that they did was I Wanna Rock is the. Is that what it's called? I want to rock. I want to rock. Oh. I want to rock. Yeah. The Two Life Crew. So I want to rock, which has him saying different things from some different songs from Two Life Crew. And again, okay. if you know Two Life Crew, there isn't much he can say on TV. <laughs> oh. So some of the lyrics were adjusted to account for that, that they had, or tell them. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's repeated in the song a lot, the actual song, and he was repeating there on the CBS or on the YouTube theater for, on CBS was Doodoo Brown. And he kept saying doo-doo brown and the audience was cheering doo-doo brown. <laughs> and for folks who are fans of Two Live Crew, you know the full lyric and, huh. Um, wow, that's okay. interesting that that made it on the CBS. <laughs> I guess I'll have to look that uh, up. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Marcus says, uh, uh, did seem to be overly focused on the artists that have been approved mm-hmm. by a broader audience, not really the grassroots of hip hop from 40 to 50 years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They did have a lot of older folks mm-hmm. on there. I disagree. I will say there were some folks I didn't recognize yeah. and I would consider mm-hmm. myself a, a mid tier hip hop fan. Like mm-hmm. certainly not as big a fan as you are, Will. Mm-hmm. Obviously I know the MC hammers, LL cool J's of the world, but then yeah. I start yeah. to go further with two live crew and ice T and you know, pick sugar Hill, of course. And you know, going back, but just not everything. Like I don't know the history. Yeah. And I saw sure. people there that I didn't recognize. So they're clearly sure. not middle of the road famous, yeah. but I, I do see Marcus's point. Certainly the, the most famous ones, aside of the notable, like Hammer, were mm-hmm. represented, it seems. Yeah. Oh, Shaw Rock was part of the ladies' section, Cat. Ooh, nice. Section. We talked about her a few weeks ago. Yes, we did. Anyway, there you go. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested. I thought it was pretty cool. I agree. All right. Hey, mm-hmm. and finally, in 1980s news, as reported by Empire Magazine, set photos tease one of the challenges for the Ghostbusters. So, ahead of Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire's uh, 2024 release date, Empire Magazine has shared a new image from the movie, showing the best look yet at uh, Bill Murray's Peter Venkman and Paul Rudd's Gary Gruberson. Mm-hmm. In the photo, both characters are standing in front of a busted ghost containment unit at the original Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Firehouse headquarters. Mm-hmm. Not that only does cool. the containment unit seem busted, but it seems like, much like we see in the trailer, a lot of, it seems like the inside of the firehouse and the containment unit is kind of frozen over. Mm. Yeah. Uh, additionally, it seemed it seemed based on this photo, seeing a Bill Murray there having this little standoff, maybe with uh, Paul Rudd's character. It seems like the legacy characters may have a bigger role to play in this yes. film than they did in the last one. Yes, that was that was the most optimistic thing I got out of that one shot. First, I have to assume that set is gone, so they had to rebuild the containment unit from right. the basement, right. which is awesome. <laughs> Whenever people do that, like I think back to the third season of Picard and they rebuilt oh, the entire bridge yeah. of the Enterprise D. Spoiler alert for the third season of Picard. Right. <laughs> when you replicate such an iconic prop or set piece, mm-hmm. it just uh, gets me. It gets me. And the fact that they would, look, you could have that conversation anywhere, I'm guessing. But yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that they went down and replicated, that's great scene, <laughs> that great set from the, has, yeah, that's really cool. And as you said, 
before in, in the, the, uh, what was the afterlife, right? Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, by the way, these guys are out there and they'll show up and save the day, but they yes. weren't really integrated into the story so well. Right. It felt like an afterthought. And that was the coolest thing. Like, oh, they're together. They're going to be in scenes together. They're, it's not just the, the finale, which is. Right. Yeah. Yep. feels like the proper changing of the guard that we kind of was hoping for. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if that wasn't intentional so that they could really establish the newer characters and, and so that they could just feature largely in afterlife. And then, you know, the end of the movie was a bridge right. to what is coming. Mm, yeah. I'd have worried that what if that movie didn't do well and then you lost your opportunity to mm. do the changing of the guard kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess you don't need a changing of the guard. There's no more movies, right? I guess <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, you don't need any guards. Potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> They rolled the right. dice and they, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. it worked out. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I, I would imagine it's no accident, although we know that we don't know the context of that scene, but it does remind mm. me of the standoff they have with Walter Peck in the first film where he's trying to get them to turn off the containment unit, yes. and, you know, and Egon and, 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 yeah. and uh, P- Peter mm-hmm. are blocking him from doing that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. they, these two folks may be at odds. But there's other, yes. you know, between the, look, we don't know a whole lot about this movie. We do know, based on the last film, that Winston purchased the firehouse headquarters that has mm-hmm. the containment unit in it. And so, uh, as the owner of that building, it seems like he, he probably is going to have a bigger role. And based on the trailer, and based on uh, Dan Aykroyd's comments that we talked about last week, it seems like Ray Stans is going to play a bigger role as well, because he mm-hmm. talks about the, you know, the whatever the imminent threat there is in the next film, the death chill. Uh, it seems like he's had some knowledge, at least, or maybe experience with it. So, you know, mm-hmm. what he has to do in this film also uh, certainly seems like maybe it'll be more than it was in the last time around. Mm-hmm. We also found out in this uh, piece that regarding the villain uh, of the film, G- uh, producer Jason Reitman confirmed that Gozer would not appear in the next sequel. And I thought, well, that's kind <laughs> of a silly question to even ask him. That, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Gozer was killed off, presumably, but I guess Gozer was killed at the first one, too, though. Yeah, that's good. Let's, let's move on. I think we yeah. can move on from that. No need to redo. Because it, in some ways, Afterlife was kind of a remake of Ghostbusters 1. Not... I mean, the same villain, the same kind of story beats a mm-hmm. bit, you know, not, not so much like the, what was the last Star Wars movie right. that was kind of a remake Force of the Awakens. first one, but right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, it definitely, uh, I'm glad they're ready to move on. So that, that mm-hmm. tells me they're comfortable in, in the universe and don't have to just retread the same ground to make sure they guarantee to get something that resonates. So good for them. Yeah. In fact, he puts it this way saying, quote, it was a natural way to close the book on the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Per director, Gil <laughs> Kennan, Keenan. One of those he, who also co-wrote the film uh, with uh, Reitman. He said, quote, we are now in the post-Gozerian era of the Ghostbusters saga. So that means <laughs> <laughs> that means we're able to stretch PG. out and create yeah. an all, <laughs> entirely new mythology. And that's thrilling as a storyteller because there are all new and terrifying stakes with fresh visual references to draw on. End mm. quote. Oh. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, this film uh, will undo the biggest change that Afterlife made, which was move the story from New York City to Oklahoma. Clearly in the trailer. Coming back. It's, it's back planted straight in New York City, which leads me to the next thing I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about, guys, which is, again, Ooh. just moments before, maybe a couple of hours before we got on the air here. Yep. Producer Jason Reitman, and through their various social media channels, including his own, released three, it turns out. First, there was mm-hmm. one and there's two others. Posters, teaser posters mm-hmm. for the uh, forthcoming film. And I'm going to add them to our screen mm-hmm. here so we can chat Ooh. about them. Let's see. Where can I there's go? one. Now, this isn't necessarily in the order in which they released, but these are the order in which I looked at them. And as a result mm-hmm. of having okay. looked at them, sparked my interest. 
because uh, I thought I was okay. maybe mm -hmm. spotting something here. Uh, so I'll take mm. them in this particular order here. So uh, the, the, this, uh, this, what we're looking at here is uh, obviously it's in Manhattan because we see the Empire State Building in the background there. That one. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yep. we're looking at, uh, the, you know, Frozen City, which again, in the trailer, we learned that that was going to happen. Uh, it's called Frozen Empire for crying out loud. In the foreground <laughs> is the Ecto-1 and several individuals, they get a little uh, sort of uh, diffused or, or disappear into the mist or fog or, uh, maybe snow drift uh, in the, as they get closer to the uh, further in the background rather. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. if, can I note that there, uh, we talked last time we talked about the trailer, they're wearing the new orange jumpsuits that mm -hmm. I noted that, mm -hmm. that uh, I think maybe uh, we talked about it. Maybe somebody said they didn't notice a new uh, uniform. Yeah. yeah. But you can see mm -hmm. there is kind of like an orange tint to them. So they've got the new, uh, the new outfits on. Yes. I see yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like, mm -hmm. Maybe, and we get a better look at another one of the posters of this image, uh, but it seems like we've got two crews. Maybe the older folks seem to be, you know, closer to the threat in, in, as far as the perspective of this poster goes. And the younger crew, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. maybe just by the backs of them, the look of them, size, shapes, et cetera, is closer mm -hmm. to us, So, which makes sense. The veterans would march in towards the, the uh, threat, the younger folks sort of hanging back and learning. And the threat in this particular image here appears to be sort of a ghostly serpent, maybe flying through the air here. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, above the empire, or I should say in the sky, in the sky, uh, in the center of this, it's at the top of this image is a swirling vortex of sorts. Uh, some folks have described it maybe as a portal. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like maybe uh, ghosts are pouring out from it or certainly. A lot, of, a lot of spirits swirling around there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about that, that tall solitary figure with the giant legend horns? Mm-hmm. There is a momentary shot in the trailer that appears to be like a creature mm. plugging that horn into its head. Oh, if you, if you, there, there's a shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So after seeing these posters, I went back and watched the trailer to see if I could like any cohesion, anything would stick new that had, right. a, you know, a new ground to stick to. Uh, and I nice. saw this, it very much looked like somebody going like jamming you know, a, a oh, horn into their, like, like assembling themselves okay. almost. Like Legos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of that trailer, we do see this image, just a, a, this a character, right? Coming mm -hmm. down a similar kind of street. Um, I don't yeah. remember that, John. That's a good catch. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, imagine. It's quick. Yeah. It's like 15 frames. It's like that. <laughs> Guessing oh. like the other <sighs> films, it's probably, it's probably a series of things need to be gathered by his, this, uh, Nemesis, mm. the Ghostbusters be, yeah. minion, uh, minions before he, you know, it regains full power or something like that. And maybe it's like yes. That. Anyway, so what, what struck me interesting about this is having, you know, uh, worked and, and visited New York City countless times um, mm -hmm. is that you can't really have this view of, of the Empire State Building. Right. Okay. <laughs> Empire State Building is in the middle of streets that run east west, yeah. and this is a north south uh -huh. street, so you couldn't really get it like that. But, <laughs> yeah. but I thought this was. An, oh, and here's another thing I want to know before I move on is, is that that swirling vortex isn't really above the Empire State Building because you could see the you know the large antenna that's sort of the spire, the yep. spire sticks out. Right. It's not disappearing into it, which based on the you know heights of them, it seems like it would. Instead, this is behind yeah. the Empire State Building. So uh, let me see what the next picture I have here is. Now, this is the best view I could find that maybe oh, captures wow. what they were going for. And again, you'll notice that you can't really see the, you know, the base of it here because it's obscured by buildings. 
what mm-hmm. you can see right. is the Empire State Building is sort of turned. And for folks who are listening at home, you could check out this video on, on YouTube or Facebook to see what we're talking about here. The building is mm-hmm. turned in a similar way as the as the, uh, the poster, however. To get this yes. view, you have to face uh, southwest. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what in in line with this? Directly southwest oh of the Empire State Building, if you if you drew a line here, if you were standing if you were standing there, where the swirling vor- the vortex now. probably is, yeah, the Ghostbusters headquarters. That's where it's located down there in uh, doing the math south uh, southern New York City, south southern New York City, <laughs> downtown downtown. Yep. Now. Wow. And the second, so I'm wondering if this isn't a clue already, you know, look, we've got the frozen containment unit. We've seen that in a picture and this is just confirming Mm -hmm. the fact. And that vortex does not look all that different than I think what we saw in the first film when they were released from the containment unit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, And the second poster here, uh, is this the one I wanted to show you next? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Okay. So on this one, this is a picture of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And this is also facing Manhattan. We've got uh, the uh, image of um, the same, it's the same image of the Ghostbusters with the Ecto-1 and all that, uh, the, the, the characters there, you know, again, going towards the threat. There's no, I don't, I don't think there's any creatures in this image though, are there? It's too small for me to tell in this view. I not that I know of, not that I can spot. Any. So instead you've any. got this uh, giant cloud of smoke that seems to trail off to the right and, and further into Manhattan with sort of lightning illuminating at various spots. Now, mm-hmm. this is a, a view from, from Brooklyn, yeah. walking across the Brooklyn Bridge towards Manhattan. On the left there, mm-hmm. what looks like, it looks like the Empire State Building again, maybe, right? Yeah, it does. What's yeah. really there is the Freedom Tower. That's what you can see from this view. Ah, now, I'm guessing okay. they didn't want to okay. put the Freedom Tower there, which replaced the World Trade Center, because seeing mm-hmm. a cloud of smoke above the World Trade Center... Uh, probably, mm. or the Freedom Tower would probably not be the best image for New Yorkers or, you know, or for folks in the world, uh, you know, yep. whatever mm-hmm. uh, that might conjure. That cloud of smoke with the lightning, yep. I'm sure you recognize from the trailer, that was the one coming out from the ocean, approaching yeah, the beach. right? That was the first okay. sign of trouble in the trailer, yeah. Yeah. Huh. was mm-hmm. lightning in this dark cloud working its way inland. Mm-hmm. So I would expect this mm-hmm. is that cloud or a comparable cloud of similar composition. <laughs> Whatever was making stuff cold, probably this is another one of those. Yeah. I, I can't believe you just said a comparable cloud of similar composition. That was amazing. Yeah. And what I'm going to say is, Love based that. on the trailer, John, and look, this this may all be accidental, right? This may be all accidental. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. What we're talking yeah. about here. But the fact that it was on the ocean, right now where we're standing looking in this picture, the ocean's at our back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Because ahead of us here, well, this is the East okay. River, but ahead of us on the other side, that would be the Hudson River. That's not an ocean there. It's the Hudson River. There's no beach there. That's where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, here's a real yeah. image of that same same thing. You could see that, you know, the artist may in fact even have used this type of uh, photo to recreate, to create their poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. when you're looking at this view, what what is <laughs> what is off to the right further into Manhattan from this view? You guessed it. <laughs> yep. It's the Ghostbusters uh, headquarters All right. again. This is some serious triangulation here, Will. Yeah. In fact, Brandon says, damn, Will is heavy on some Ghostbusters <laughs> research here. <laughs> Look, I don't think they're trying to hide anything. This may just all be a coincidence. But if it's a coincidence, it's a it's a wonderful one in the sense that yeah. they all point yeah. to this clue that obviously the containment unit uh, mm-hmm. plays another role, if not that photo helping. 
Which of course raises well, the I, question mm-hmm. that I guess there's ghosts still in it, right? I, well, I I would think there wouldn't be. Like you probably didn't have power for a long time. Who knows? Oh, gosh. But, yeah, that'd be terrible. You know, I told you mm. I had made some observations too. Yes. None of them were based on geography mm-hmm. because I don't know anything about geography. Sure. But the thing that struck me, I don't care for the posters. Okay. Before you go, well, ah. could you not like a Ghostbusters poster? <laughs> there wasn't an original Ghostbusters poster with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in the middle going, raw. Mm-hmm. Like, don't show me the big bad in the poster. Mm. In fact, don't show me the big bad in the trailer, which you've already done, if that's the big bad, yeah, if it is. Thing, yeah. oh, we don't know. Ghostbusters is more about the people and the characters and the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're up against something, but- Look, the first one just gave us the symbol and said, guess what this is about, yes. right? And then the second one, they were like, that again, it's just Ghostbusters 2. You didn't show us all the pink slime in the trailer or in the right. in the poster, right? I don't like the modern poster sensibilities bleeding into Ghostbusters. Like, you got to show all the best stuff you got to get them mm. in the seats. Right. Ghostbusters gets them in the seats. Show me Bill Murray doing something goofy. You know, show me anything but the monsters. The monsters will come. It's Ghostbusters. We know they'll be there. Just show me the people I want to see and I'll come mm-hmm. and I'll trust you that we'll be monsters. You know, that's what I didn't like <laughs> about these. They don't yeah. bug me. I'm going to watch it regardless and I'm going to enjoy it. Oh yeah. It. <laughs> it doesn't impact the likelihood of me v- right. viewing the film. Yeah. It just, I yeah, I'll, I, I won't repeat. You heard what I said. Yeah. You heard what I said. No, yeah, I said and, it. And I get it. I wonder if they're appealing to, a, you know, a different audience, a more modern audience. It's our movie, Cat. No, there is no other audience. <laughs> We're not passing torches here. We are the audience. Derek. We're going to take that torch and set this whole thing on fire before anyone else can have it. As Marcus says, John would like you to get the heck off of his lawn. Yes, that's right. With your monster posters. Yes. This was go. our segment. I don't like everything the way it is now compared to the way it used to be. Hey, Travis has joined us. Hey, Travis. Travis says, if I remember, the Empire State Building was a giant ghost trap in one of the Ghostbusters 3 scripts. Could be wrong. Hmm. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Check, check, check. Am I getting lower to you guys? I could pitch. Uh, I know. <laughs> Am I getting lower to you guys? <laughs> Am I getting lower to you guys? <laughs> so uh, more ways. geography jokes. Oh, geez. <laughs> so many things that only work on video. Well, some of them work on audio. All right. Hey, that was 1980s news. Let's see. Mark says that uh, Slimer was called Onion Head by Steve Johnson and his FX crew. Mm-hmm. I remember that. If you watch that really fantastic Nacelle, the movies that made us, the one about Ghostbusters is really, they're all great, but the one about Ghostbusters is great. Certainly. Yeah. And they point yeah. out how, uh, who was who was it? Was it uh, Reitman that was pushing um, the FX guys to make Slimer look like, uh, like John Belushi after they had already carved him? Yeah. And oh my so- gosh. <laughs> the guy was like, I'm not doing that. So the next day he just brought the same one to them. And uh, I think oh, maybe it was, must've been Reitman. He was like, this is fantastic. It looks perfect. perfect. You Jump. did it. Yeah. All right. Hey, as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about uh, tradition, holiday traditions, things that we did in oh. our youths during the holidays. That can be any holiday that you celebrate during this time of year. Uh, my, myself, I will speak for myself for the moment here. I celebrated Christmas and also New Year's within this uh, seven, you know, seven day period. Cat uh, and John, I don't know. What did you guys celebrate? Same. Oh, Christmas? same. Okay. Yep. And yeah. Same. Hey, and folks in the chat, if you'd like to join in, please Christmas. let us know the things that you did uh, during whatever holiday. Well, let us know what holiday was. I want to assume it was Christmas. It could have been something else. But we celebrate a sectarian Christmas. Like it's not a religious Christmas that we celebrate. It's just. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, 
it's just the spirit of togetherness mm-hmm. and goodwill yep. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. All, all the Christmas rhetoric mm-hmm. is, is what I enjoy. The, the sectarian elements of it. You know, I, I put up a tree, but I don't put out a nativity and it's not judging anyone who does one or the other. It's just, that's how we celebrate it. That was, we didn't dive into the religious aspect of it so much as just the, we, what a great time to be alive and presents and our friends are coming over. Yeah. That part of it is what, what was ingrained in me uh, growing up. Yeah. We had a mixture of um, like, I, I wasn't raised in an overly religious household, but it was like going to church was still mm-hmm, part of mm-hmm. something that we did. And there was a nativity in um, under our tree. Yeah. One of the most special things about Christmas for me, at least from that time, that's uh, not something I do anymore, um, was actually Christmas Eve in so okay. many ways was more special and more magical mm. than Christmas Day. And I think part of it was the anticipation that, you know, there, there's just mm-hmm. uh, something very exciting about that. But there was a, um, it was like a literal silent night. <laughs> like there was just something about it. We would always be at my grandparents' house for Christmas. Always, always, always with the exception of one when there was a huge snowstorm. <laughs> I think it was like 1980 or 1981. Um, but New Year's Eve or not New Year's Eve, I'm sorry, Christmas Eve, we would go to church with my grandmother and it wasn't the same denomination that I was raised in, mm-hmm. but I, li- I liked it better. <laughs> there was just something, there were candles everywhere. Was it more religious than you were um, accustomed to? Is that why? Like it was more, um, it was amplified? It was less religious uh-huh. and more about the community. The fellowship. It felt more, yeah. Com- yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know yeah, what you mean. It felt yeah. more fellowship, more community. And, um, and I, yeah, I just, and, and my grandmother was very connected to her church. Like, I wouldn't say she was an overly religious mm. person, but for her, it was just, just a big deal to be connected to all these people. Mm. And as a kid, I just felt so embraced by that. So the, like, that was my only church going experience that I felt like, wow, I could do this all the time. <laughs> was, if it's always like Christmas this, that'd be great. Service. Yeah. If it's like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Christmas Eve. So when so you're at your grandmother's was, uh, house on Christmas Eve, there, there are special yeah. things you do there, special meals that are shared, gifts exchanged. Well, we would do one, like one gift mm-hmm. on Christmas right. Eve. And mostly it wasn't anything that was a big deal, okay. except for this one. Like one year I opened the swatch on Christmas Eve and that was <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> I don't need anything else. And would that have been a gift from your <laughs> grandparents? Is that why you got it? Um, there? No, I think it was from, I don't know, it was either my parents or my aunt and uncle. I don't actually know who it was from. It just, it just was there. Yeah. Lots of times it was like that. There was just like, like a whole bunch of presents Mm -hmm. and I didn't always necessarily Mm. know who they were coming from. Not knowing who these presents were from, were they supposed to have been from Mm -hmm. Santa or were they? I think it it was, um, yes, mostly at least when I was younger, it was, Mm -hmm. yeah, like a a Santa thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody ever said, oh, that's from me. Or I picked that out for you. Mm-hmm. And when I got older, certainly I realized like, oh, well, I, I don't know who, who's, you know, sprung for this right. Walkman yeah. or whatever. But, um, and then there was a point where I did ask for things. Yeah. Cause when I was younger, I really didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as I got older, I realized, oh, I could ask for something that I want. And then I'd realize, oh, well, I told so-and-so this. Mm-hmm. And and I, oh, I mentioned this gotcha. to that person. Uh, <laughs> so you're making your correlation. Yeah, <laughs> she developed yeah. a system. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. To solve Christmas. I had to say, you know, I didn't think about this leading (laughs) up to this episode, but the way that I celebrate Christmas Eve, I almost said New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. Right, right, yeah. There was the way that I had it as a child. And then there was the one that I orchestrated for my daughter. Somewhat Uh, different. Okay. And I carried over a lot of them. So, for example, almost none of our gifts say who they're from. They all say, to mm-hmm. John from Santa. Mm-hmm. Like there's a label on it. It just mm-hmm. says from Santa. You can tell from the handwriting mm-hmm. who it's from. It's just okay. almost like, yep. almost like it's crass yep. to say your name. Like I'll write Santa, but in clearly in my scribbly handwriting, so you know, it's from, we always did that. But when my, yes. when my daughter came along, once she was old enough to understand the, the, the beauty of the mythology around, you know, the, the, the reindeer and the snow and the chimney and all that, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we did was, we wrapped everything normally and we said from dad or from Santa or whoever from grandma and did all that. But, but. presents from Santa <laughs> only showed up on Christmas morning. Mm. They were ah. not labeled. They were in plain mm-hmm. oh. red paper. Okay. Oh. So Santa ain't got time for all that bows and labels and yeah. crap. Oh. He'll show up. And so <laughs> gifts from Santa were just in yeah. like plain, like shiny red paper, but plain yeah. red, no decoration paper. And you know, they're mm-hmm. for the child. That's what Santa's there for. Yeah. yeah right. Maybe mm-hmm. dad got you this or mom got you that, whatever. But that's a Santa present. And they were, mm-hmm. they were special. They were usually the best ones, of course, because Santa did the coolest crap, oh. you know. So, so you, when you exchange <laughs> gifts with your families, with your family members, Every gift said from Santa, but folks didn't Almost un- all. Mm-hmm. folks didn't mm-hmm. think of them as coming from Santa, the actual Santa. Mm-hmm. The next day, right. Christmas morning, that's when we knew real Santa presents. Those, those were, were real Santa presents were the red ones that had yeah. no labels. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It's okay. far too busy. Oh, cool. <laughs> and did you celebrate Christmas Eve or Christmas, John, primarily at home with your with your with your nuclear family? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, mm-hmm. Well, I I, mm-hmm. I had a, my nuclear family always included my grandmother. Uh, she lived either near us or with us or something. Just on and off, she always did, just by proximity. And so it was always the three of us. I was the only child. I had some halves, but they were doing their own Christmas with their family. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, who was always part of our family of four. So. Right, very cool. And and yep. like, were there, were there special meals that were prepared? <laughs> Is there something you guys ate every Christmas Eve or Christmas? There was ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a fairly common thing. <laughs> oranges. I remember something about oranges that huh. was special. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandmother used to give us oranges like as a present in okay. like a fabric bag. Uh-huh. That was, mm, or, yeah. or, oh, a can of mandarin oranges. Was always like, I was going to say, if they're in a canvas bag, maybe she's giving you a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't leave bruises. Like a bar of soap and a sock and go to town. Just causes internal bleeding, yes. <laughs> so what we were talking about us, what about you? So you, yeah. when you celebrated Christmas, yeah. so what did you do on Christmas Eve? When I was, yeah, Christmas, like much like you guys are saying, Christmas Eve for me, certainly growing up, was always the most magical time of the whole thing. And a good mm-hmm. part of it was because of my extended family would get together on Christmas Eve. Ah. Um, and so for, even for this, that alone, being able to see so many of my aunts, uncles, cousins, et cetera, this one mm-hmm. time of year. And sometimes, you know, I wouldn't otherwise see many of these folks, certainly not at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, right? Uh, made it really special just to begin with. But then uh, the, the things, some of these, in some of these traditions, we, we continue today, including the fact that uh, food has always been huge in our family. <laughs> uh, and I guess I'm, I feel lucky in the sense that, uh, you, you know, my, my, I say my mom is somewhat of a mutt. 
<laughs> but, uh, and my father is, is Puerto Rican. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the fact that, in, but my mom, even as being from different cultures, very distinct cultures with very specific foods. And all of these were cultures that like food was part of holidays and get togethers. Right? Yes. So we yeah. would have certain Puerto Rican dishes and we'd have certain mm-hmm. Polish dishes, certain Italian things every mm. Christmas Eve. And I think probably folks around the world from these cultures probably <laughs> eat much of these same foods on Christmas Eve as well. So mm-hmm. just a, what? It's just, it's just, I am such a redneck. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, well we had spam. You had we spam. had Italian dishes and we had Polish dishes and we had this, you know, for me, Christmas morning, biscuits and sausage gravy. Oh, okay. Well, hey, there you <laughs> like, go. It's, 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 well, what, what ethnicity is that? South. South. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's nothing. It's indigenous know? to your culture, John. Yeah. It, it is, right? It's, it's, you know, we weren't looking for special, you know, well, yeah, yeah. the special biscuits that you press with the, the patterns no. and what. Nope. Okay. nope. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Smother some pepper and ketchup on there. Just while you're opening gifts. But I, and I know you're making a joke. maybe. And I'm, of a, my, but my mouth is watering now because it's coming in like five days. I'm going to get to do that. You yes. Know? I it's feel gonna the be, same it's, way. Yeah. It's going to be my mom's biscuits and gravy. I'm going to be opening presents and just going. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't open present eating. <laughs> That's great. I think some of the things we do, like specific foods we have on certain holidays or traditions. I don't know if it's the best. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's part of that, you know, yes. our memories yes. are yeah. along with mm-hmm. smell and, you know, other things like that as well. Uh, but the, the other most exciting thing about Christmas Eve though, for me as a young so, kid, especially was Santa would come to my Nana's house. So oh, we would all gather yeah, okay. yep. at some point, you know, I have some very specific memories of either listening to Burl Lives on a record you know, his Christmas song oh or God. listening to Chipmunk's album or maybe Rudolph was on. I think Rudolph came on like at seven or seven thirty mm-hmm. or six, six thirty. Mm-hmm. And then after that stuff was sort of start winding down, I want to say around eight o'clock, maybe my, uh-huh. my, my Nana's house, the lights would go out or they'd flicker and then go out. And then uh-huh. only like a lamp or so would be on somewhere. And we knew as kids, we knew. Because once it happens once, you never forget. And then every year after that, it's just a mix of excitement and fear. Because you knew the big guy was coming. <laughs> yeah. And then there'd be yeah. commotion at the front door. Oh, somebody's here. <laughs> Hang on a second. A lot of adults pushing towards the front door and the door would open. You'd hear bells jingling. And oh Santa would come in with a sack. <gasps> and, you know, Santa would, uh, they, they'd put an armchair, you know, or a kitchen chair made available to Santa. And, mm-hmm. hey, Santa, good to see you again this year. Have him sit down and... One by one, you just pull the present out of the sack. Hey, who is Billy? Is Billy here? You know? Oh, there you are, Billy. Good to see you again. Present. And we get to open those presents that, that uh, night. Uh, wow. And some presents I still remember getting during those moments. First of all, I mean, seeing Santa, it was, it was literally like Elf, you know, Santa! Like just going crazy that he was he would stop here, you know, stop at my, my grandmother's house. Really? But some of the greatest presents I was saying were, were during the, I remember getting... Shoots Away. Anybody else remember Shoots Away? Nobody. Okay. It was this game where it was like a disc uh, mm-hmm. with like a sort of picture on the a disc was like a, like a war, war area where a, lands, a la- landscape where war was taking place. They had these little okay. cups in it, little cups, and you controlled a plane. This is a physical, not a video game. Wait, wait, wait. That had the BB and it was a magnetic thing? Yeah, that oh. you would drop yes. and try to get in the little cups. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. Didn't know by name. Yeah, yep. and, and you could move the plane back and forth. 
And it even had a little sight that you'd look in the sight mm-hmm. and you could see out the bottom of the plane. Like as, a little periscopey thing, but in reverse. Yeah, you exactly. look forward and it was pointing down. I remember that. And as oh this, that was called? the disc would go around because it was motorized, you would try to drop mm-hmm. the little, you know, parachuters into the different. So that was a jump. Santa gift you remember yes. getting? Yes. Oh my gosh. Straight from the man. I wish I yep. had that today. I loved that thing. That's yeah, that was so fantastic. Cool. But we maintain the food traditions. Unfortunately, my, my children had never were surprised by Santa at anybody's home, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never had that. Yeah. No. <laughs> never. Mostly now we, we, we uh, stay home and keep to ourselves and, uh, you know, avoid people. <laughs> but, but Santa still visits our house, much like John says. Santa presents are always wrapped differently and they don't, you don't see him till the morning. Mm-hmm. He comes sometime right. in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. yeah. usually in some red, shiny paper. He, they are usually labeled to who, to, you know, have names. Okay. On it from, but, yeah. Well, if you have multiple kids, you need that. Yeah, if you have one kid, true. you can, yeah, that's why. You're, you're right. <laughs> Uh, I have a little yeah. tweak for the um, gifts from Santa, mm-hmm. both at our house and at my mother-in-law's house were unwrapped. It was oh, just- I've, I've seen that before too. Okay. Yeah. We never yeah. did it, but I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. 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 This thing. And I got to tell you, I was so glad. <laughs> uh, Mark says, I agree with Kat. Christmas Eve, pretty special. Always enjoy the buildup to Christmas more than the day itself. Karen says, when we live, yep. when we still lived in Chicago, Christmas Eve was at my paternal grandparents' house and Christmas Day was at my maternal grandparents' house. Oh, wow. Mm. Yep. Very cool. Yep, yep. <laughs> Miss mm-hmm. Sosa's cats over the years have loved our trees. Oh, yes. You know, I've been fortunate. Mm-hmm. We have cats. Oh, yeah. We've always had three yeah. cats for years now. You know, mm-hmm. some of them have gone and we've new ones have come. None of them's ever, I don't think, except for once when one was a kitten, climbed it. Never, oh. never again since then. It just happened the one time. Uh, we had one who loved to surf the branches. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yep. years ago. We have we yes. have to secure yeah. our tree to the wall, or it will be on the floor. Yeah, we've oh had two knockovers. Goodness. I have to tie yeah. it to the pipes that, mm-hmm. that are exposed. <laughs> pipes? Yes, the pipes. pipes. Remember the they're pipes handy. that cat has behind her? They're so handy. <laughs> And the pipes, they're right there. They're so handy for tying a tree to. Cats, cats, uh, like, just like blowing my mind how she destroys a lot of illusions in the last two like minutes. Yeah. Cats not in a studio, other things we've learned. So the other thing Santa did for us, and I've continued to do, is yeah. that Santa always fills the stockings. Stockings are mm. always empty when you go to bed. Oh, okay. He always fills the stockings. Yes. Continue to do to this day. That's when the stockings get filled is overnight while you're asleep, period. Yep. Uh, I mean, pragmatically, it's late at night before you go to bed. But the point <laughs> is, it's, <laughs> you know, it's overnight. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Our Santa doesn't do that. Our Santa leaves the presents, but usually we... Santa might put st- candy in the stockings. Actually, we okay. we usually yeah. put whatever gifts we've gotten from one another that are smaller. We get some yeah. something small and fun just to fit mm-hmm. in there. Trying to do a, a gift or two that's tiny. Yeah, yeah. we do that too. But yeah. I think mm-hmm. I don't think Santa leaves anything in there necessarily. I don't think so. Maybe no, I don't think so. So what about distributing <laughs> gifts? Because mm-hmm. I have a solid ritual. Yeah, ah. there's a role called playing Santa. Okay. So this is the person who mans the tree. And passes the gifts to people in turn. The tree. Or do you guys just, just dive into the presents and go, go nuts? I mean, what do you? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. What's the gift opening procedure? Yeah, usually at my house, it's, uh, we don't do the, we, we certainly don't call it playing Santa, but uh, usually, right. it's, usually it shifts and it's kind of organic. It often okay. begins with my wife first because, quite honestly, the, the gift, the gifted purchasing duties are kind of split up. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I don't know what she got and she <laughs> doesn't know what I got. 
<laughs> now Santa at our house usually only brings it's it's shifted over the years, but he only usually brings mm-hmm. like one or two bigger, more fun things. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's they, they open, the kids open those things first, but then with regard yes. to ours, my wife tries to dramatically give out them in a way that is leading up to something, and also oh. making sure everybody yes. feels included. Yes, yeah. you know, um, she's yeah. great at being mindful of that. But mm-hmm. while someone someone may physically give out the presents, she'll say, eh, "Not that one. Put that one back." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Know, so. See, because we have a designated Santa, yeah, it's common that a gift will say. One of three, two of three, or it will say open last or something like that. Okay. You have to inform whoever's playing Santa, the sequence in which like, oh, I set this to the side. Yeah. And so when I was a kid, it was me. And as soon as she was old enough, it was my daughter. She's now Santa. She always gets to play. So John, yeah, are there spreadsheets involved in this? (laughs) There must be. Oh, he's not. Oh. One year there was. Oh my, oh my God. I do not doubt that. Oh yeah. There was, we, we, we used aliases. The, the idea was yeah. so that you could not figure out whose gift was for who we made aliases for all of the gifts. So it was to someone yeah. and you had to keep track of who that, who, who that someone was Okay, and go and like, well, this says it's for Arthur Fonzarelli. Yeah. Oh, that one's for mom. You know, I can gotcha. look at my sheet. Because we don't want people shaking their present. It was my daughter was much younger. Right. Oh my That's God. cool. Wow. I never so thought had, of that. You had no idea who the gift mm-hmm. was for. And we all picked a genre. Like I picked old TV show characters. Mm-hmm. And I think my wife picked some Star Trek Star characters Trek, yeah. or whatever. And so you can just, but on your list, you're like, well, this one says it's for Bones McCoy. Like, let's mm-hmm. look. Oh, it's for dad. He had a little sheet. So <laughs> yes, there was a spreadsheet. That's interesting. Cat. That's amazing. How did you get that presents, Cat? Uh, it sort of depends on what house <laughs> we were in because there were multiple. Well, as a kid, there was one main Christmas. Um, trying to remember. I just remember being handed things when I was a kid. <laughs> like, it wasn't any one particular person. Although it Open was, this. You're right. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Um, I think mostly my mom was like the uh, master of ceremonies. Okay. <laughs> so she played Santa. Yes. So yeah, yeah. We didn't happen to call it that, Mm -hmm. but a lot like Will was describing for his wife. um, And and to this day, there's, uh, yeah, there's a certain order of events and the leading up to something and, oh, simultaneous openings. That's a huge deal. If if Mm. there's Mm. like a, you know, every, you know, four people are getting the right. same thing. It's oh, like everybody got a Snuggie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like you're all going to open yeah. your Snuggie at the same time. It, we oh. all have to, and it's very carefully, you know, timed. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone peel yeah. the right end open. Okay. All good. All right. Get ready. <laughs> Left end in three, two, peel. Yeah. <laughs> well, then there's always someone who's bucking the system. Who's, you know, yeah, just rip. they're distracted. My sister always holds up the works. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Pay attention. It's Christmas. Quit having fun over there. Focus. How does your sister hold it up? Just taking too lo- long to op- unwrap something or taking mm. too long. She, she, uh, Oh, is she watching this? I don't know. She she's loves having, having a... the attention on her <laughs> <I see. laughs> when she's opening presents. We'll call okay. let her know. Don't worry. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, before I open, I want to tell you guys a story. Okay. No, that's Kat's sister. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh. I was ready for a story. And she's holding the box there and everyone's like. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll have a big pile up of other presents. Uh-huh. There's like a back, a backlog a of backlog. presents. And then, mm-hmm. then somebody's getting annoyed at her. And oh, it's so funny. Yeah. 
it's it's really fun though. Like it's it's always a raucous uh, time when uh, mm. when the gifts are being opened. It gets a little a little wild west. Cool. Yeah, and, you know it's unfortunate though, but it just yeah. it is true. And I think you you know someone said this in the chat about the anticipation being uh, you know much more enjoyable maybe than the actual day itself in a sense right. because there yeah. is this after the last present is open right there is this kind of deflation deflated or, yes. <laughs> yeah there's sort of air that goes out of the yeah. room and it's like well now like we that's it clean up no. oh no yeah yes. <laughs> there's a lot of socks there's a lot of socks uh yeah. But okay. The good news about that, I suppose, is that we have all these days leading up to get excited and enjoy it. So yes, the fact that there's it, lots of it comes to an end. Well, that's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, with regard to regard to cats, Owl says, love seeing pine needles in their barf. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh the cats. I'm not a fan. Uh, Brendan says, my family always did Christmas on Christmas Eve. Santa always showed up before we got home from my gar- grandparents' house from Christmas Eve dinner. That happened at oh, one or once or twice mm, to me too. Yeah. We were at wow. grandma's or Nana's house. And when we came home, the presents were there. We would open <laughs> gifts and I would play with them most of the night. Yeah. I think that, that mm, night we were. That's nice. Those times it happened, Brandon, same for me too. Yeah. I remember yeah. being away on Christmas and, and you have the concern, how is Santa going to know we're here and not right. back home in Florida? Right. How's he going to, yeah. Hey. Santa knows. It's yes. okay. Santa knows. Yes. John, I think I had that concern the one time that we didn't make it to my grandparents' house. Yeah. We did that from my from my birth until I guess it was 1998, right? But somewhere mm-hmm. around 1980, I there was a huge snowstorm. We couldn't make it to New York. Yeah. And I'm very sure I was like, oh no. super concerned about this. Super mm-hmm. duper concerned. Yeah. He found us. Oh, good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's pretty sharp. Yeah, Mark says Santa kicks ass. Amen. Ms. So points testify. out that mandarin orange were the fancy oranges. Oh, yes. Uh, and I was, uh, yeah, I was well treated with these cans of oranges. It's, a, it's always produce with this one. Yes. Those are Christmas gifts. Right. Actually, that was better in the, the canvas or in the little fabric bag. That was a better weapon with the can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I just had and discarded a filthy thought. So Ooh. I just, I just, I just want to let you know that it passed through my brain and I moved on. I discipline, discipline. So wow. Pat myself on the back. So impressive, John. That's, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, oh, Marcus says Santa presents were almost never wrapped for him too. Okay. Oh, also yeah. Okay. Uh, Brandon, oh, or Matt says, uh, parents took us out looking at Christmas lights. My uncle Richard oh, snuck in with gifts and surprised they were there when we arrived. <gasps> oh, back. while you're out looking at lights. Oh, I oh. never connected those, but definitely driving around looking at lights is a thing we have certainly done. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is you want to do it in the snow and Florida. It's like, <laughs> turn on the air. So literally we will turn on the air as cold as it will go in the car to simulate a Christmas feeling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so wrap up. Cause it's going to be on 61 degrees in the car. Oh, I never even thought about that, John. I didn't. Because yes. it's, it's 74 outside, yeah. you know, Christmas Eve. Right. And so yeah. we would roll the windows up, but we would make it as cold as possible in the car to pretend. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Gosh, we had four. Wear a sweater. Fi- we had four or five inches <laughs> of snow yesterday. Jeez. Did you? Yeah. What? Well, we woke up to that. Yeah. It was oh my gosh. coming down all, all day or later in the day and night. Yeah. I had no idea. We had a little dusting this mm-hmm. morning when mm-hmm. I left for work. Well, Just yeah. a little tiny bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brandon says every Christmas Eve. Did, oh, he said that already. Uh, Matt says, oh, Matt plays Santa. Plays Santa. That's playing Santa. Karen says they play Santa. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, oh no, this mm-hmm. is not just me. Brandon cool. says every Christmas Eve dinner at Grandma and Grandpa's. Mom would always have to mysteriously go to our house for a moment because she forgot something. Uh, <laughs> that was that, me. That's, yeah. that's, that's a cat, cat trick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I forgot the rolls. I'll be right back. <laughs> Five minutes later. Where are those rolls? Uh, uh, Nick says Santa or... filled my stocking as a kid. It was filled. It was something like out of a Christmas story. Unshelled nuts, oranges, and dates. <laughs> Sounds like a cat. Nick. Oh I was gosh, raised by my nuts. grandparents, so it was all silent generation type stuff. Oh, okay. Kale. There you go. My, Carrots. I don't think kale was hot then yet, John. My it own children wasn't. have no idea what it's like. Oh, yeah, no kale. Right? Mm. Nick, the nuts. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's a huge holiday. Thank you. You just like uh, brought that back. Yeah. It's there were always nuts you, around. You got a picture of like, mm-hmm. you know, Nick's yep. grandparents or you know, whoever did it for you. Just fistfuls of loose nuts. <laughs> Some change in there, maybe. Kids love this, right? Mandarin orange slices, because they had to divide it up among kids. Give them some walnuts and a fistful of pennies. <laughs> Don't put the whole orange into one. Slice it up. So, so stockings just all soaking. Squish it. Yeah. Make the nuts wet. <laughs> There's a sound bite for you. Miss uh, <laughs> oh, So says, there was one year where my dad climbed on the roof to stomp around, and mom... Woke me and my brother up telling us it was Santa. I knew it was my dad, but my brother didn't. Aww. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> I was waiting for the terrible ending to that story. I'm happy it didn't come. <laughs> yes, no kidding. <laughs> While he was stomping around on the roof. The Wilhelm scream. I'm going to share one more little Christmas <laughs> oh, okay. dinner. So the evening of Ooh, Christmas, because I think this okay. is so, mm-hmm. it's so sweet. I think it's so sweet. It's not me. It's my wife. Right. Okay. So, oh. so more likely it'll uh, be sweet then. <laughs> right. Right. It'll be genuinely sweet with no spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. So my mother-in-law, so my wife's mom, yeah. uh, yep. had, has had whatever a beautiful set of China. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, she only used it. It's the good China. You only bring it out. <laughs> oh, it's right. time yeah. to use it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. It's whatever. It's, it's pretty much that's it. Those are the times. That's when you bring it out. Yeah. Um, and so this one Christmas, uh, Christmas day, after all the gifts were opened, it was pouring rain. And so she liked to make an event out of cleaning her china and putting it away. Mm-hmm. And because it was pouring rain, she made a little, she wrote down on a little note, just, oh, it's raining in the date and whatever thing. And it's uh, storming out. So I'm cleaning the china, such and such. And she started writing like a diary of what happened at Christmas, that who was here, who she saw. Huh. And that became a tradition where every time they used the china, oh. the mom would write, Oh, well, such and such is home from the army and we got to see such and such. There's a new baby, all this. Oh. So going back now, 40 some odd years, every time this china is used, it's now been handed down to my wife. Every time we use it, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, and we brought in a couple of strays. There was a guy in town that works with John that nobody knows and Mm -hmm. his family wasn't in town and he was here and this guy. Or then you go from one Christmas to the next and now it's in this binder. And you can look back through time going 30, 40 years of every time this China was used in the family. And this past Thanksgiving was the first time my daughter wrote the note because it will be her China one day. Yes. And it's, I just want to bring all that up because it's, it's those kinds of traditions that, like I said, the secular Christmas, that's the thing I love about it is 
the little micro traditions, not the, oh, we all sing Deck the Halls. Yeah. It's the little, the intangibles, the little things yes. that over time become, well, of course there's going to be biscuits and gravy in the morning, right? Not because it's it's a Christmas tradition, but because it's a thing that evokes Christmas, it's things that it's right, you know? And so the, those yeah. are the things about all the holidays that I think are so cool. And so I want to share that one because I think it's so cute. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is amazing. Not to uh, commercialize Ah. Christmas because that would be Mm. terrible if we tried to make Christmas commercial. Oh, but Mm. I think you could you could print those (laughs) out in a book, John. I think it could be a book. Maybe so. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that china is up in uh, over the refrigerator right now in the cabinet Mm -hmm. you can't get to easily because we bring it out three times a year. It's yeah. And and there's a binder full of yellow dog-eared paper all the way up to, and they're always handwritten. We don't mm-hmm. do printouts, okay. right? They're That's handwritten. Great. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, so very cool. So you're so, not allowed yeah. to do it, right? Otherwise, they're- No, 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 I'm, I'm not involved. No. Sometimes I'll wash them, but I'm yeah. not involved in the writing. Yeah. Dear right. diary, John is not helping with the China again. <laughs> Every Everyone ends like Big that. Big surprise. Yes, John keeps saying he has bad handwriting, but I've seen it. I'll likely likely kill him in the morning. (laughs) Folks in the chat, uh, like your story, uh, chiming in, uh, Matt says, that's so cool. Brandon says, John, that's awesome. Karen, that's awesome. Mark, that's lovely. John, Matt, it's like a mini genealogy. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It It tells the story of our family, of people that came in and out of our lives. And, Mm -hmm. you know, such and such is single now because they got divorced. Who knows? You can yeah. just flip through and see things change. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a flip book of our family. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, John, you managed uh-huh. to uh, bring us some infuse our, our, our show with some Christmas spirit that we weren't even expecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so with that, <laughs> what? What are you making that face? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to segue. It didn't work. I'm going to cut it out. All right. Hey, that was our show. And our show is brought to you. Mm. Thanks in part to our early adopters like Karen Flieger. Who's here. Oh wait, no, let me say this the opposite way. Thanks to Rick Parker and Karen Flieger. I got to give you the flourish when you're here, Karen. Mm. And thank you especially to our secret of our success level Patreon supporters, of, of whom we had several here tonight as well. Mm-hmm. John Henderson, Brandon Greer was here, Marcus Taylor was here, Tony Great, Nick Guillory was here, and Matt Marino. Who is here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you guys so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. Appreciate it. We, uh, again, like we say week after week, and I mean it with all sincerity, you are the folks that uh, help us uh, keep the lights on, keep the show recording, keep it yep. being published, all those good things. Yep. If you'd yep. like to join this wonderful group of folks who uh, help us uh, produce the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support. There's a few ways you can get us some money and there's a few, several that you can do something free. Just to help spread the word. Hey, don't forget, we are not going to be here in January. In fact, this is the last show of our uh, 2023. Uh, so weird. Here. Uh, so uh, you can certainly follow us on Facebook, uh, subscribe on YouTube, all the different socials to keep in touch with us. I'm sure we'll be chatting and posting stuff. Uh, even in our absence, we will keep in touch that way. Hey, so uh, meanwhile, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, Happy New Year's uh, to all of you and your families. What he said. Ho, ho, ho.